Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Adam McRoberts, and this is the Do Big Things Podcast. Thanks for dropping in. I appreciate you guys. Uh, what's what's good? What's good with you guys? Um, let's see. It is uh, Wednesday night, and I'm recording this intro, I think. Is it Wednesday night? I'm drinking coffee. It's like 8 p.m. My schedule is just all over the place. I'm working night shift uh, this just this week, not all the time. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy schedule. Uh, when I was a young man, it was much easier to do than it is now. But, uh, yeah, working nights. So 8 p.m., pounding some coffee, getting jacked, getting jacked on the coffee. And uh, I got a full night ahead of me. So, yes, good times, good times. Uh, what's good with you guys? Um... Yes, hopefully everything's good. Hopefully you're all running. Hopefully you're all training. And uh, maybe you're listening to this while you're out on a run right now. Um, I hope so. I hope you are. Um, I got a cool episode this week for you guys. It's kind of a different one. Um, so Michelle Howell is um, a, a beautiful person in her own right, of course, Um and, uh, you know, she likes to work out, she likes to get after it, and she likes to do big things. But um, I wanted kind of a different perspective uh, from her for this episode. So uh, I think I'm titling this episode, The Wife of a Team Guy. Uh, her husband, his name is Jason Howell. Uh, he was on the, epi- uh, on the show on episode number 116. And it was a great episode. It was a big episode. Lots of folks listened to it. And um, when I talked to him, his plan was to climb Mount Everest this year. He's a Green Beret. He's a badass. He's an ultra runner. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. And he's very quiet and humble about it, which is kind of what I like about him. About him. Um, it's tough getting the stories out of him because he's just a down-to-earth, humble guy that doesn't like to talk about himself. But... Um, so I, when I talked to him, episode number 116, if you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. Jason Howell was planning on climbing Mount Everest this year. And then when I talked to Michelle, the interview you're just about to listen to, um, he was in Nepal and uh, training, going back and forth between uh, base camps up there and getting acclimated and getting ready to do, to do this thing. And you better believe Mr. Jason Howell summited Mount Everest. Uh, it was like a week or two ago from this recording. And I'm hoping to get him back on the show. I'm working hard on making that happen because I got to hear this story. You know, it's only the biggest mountain in the world. So can't wait to hear that story. But this is from the perspective of uh, Jason's wife, who you know, spends a lot of time, I hate to say it, it sounds kind of harsh, I guess, but, you know, at home by herself while her husband is out doing all this crazy stuff. You know, he's a Green Beret, um, so he's in the teams, um, you know, very dedicated to uh, his life in the military. And um, also very dedicated to these projects that uh, he, he puts before himself, like climbing Mount Everest. It's not something you can just go do on a weekend. You know, it takes a lot of preparation. You got to go over there and acclimate for a long time. 
And so there's a lot involved. And I guess what I wanted to hear was just M- M- Michelle's perspective on what it's like supporting him um, doing these big things. So a little bit of a different episode, but I enjoyed this conversation and I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. Um, like I said, just a different perspective, right? Um, and, and also, like I said, Michelle's a badass in her own right. Um, you know, she's more into the lifting weights and she does some running and she climbs 14ers and don't get me wrong. She's, she's a tough gal, but, um, for this particular conversation, we kind of honed in on Jason and the things that he's doing and what it's like being her supporting him. And, um, the two of them are uh, just fantastic human beings, a cool couple, a couple that I look up to and um, just wanted to hear her perspective. So I think you guys are going to like it. Uh, I want to thank all my Patreon supporters. I could not do this without you guys. I'm so lucky to have you all in my life and chipping in uh, a buck or two here and there um, to make this podcast keep going week after week somehow i'm on i don't even know what this is episode 135 136 something like that it's crazy to think about but uh i'm so lucky to have you guys supporting me and i couldn't do this without you guys and i couldn't do this without our supporters and sponsors as well uh big shout out to exoskin athletic brewing ultra ego running and bigger than the trail um, check out the show notes. You can get discounts for all of those products. And if bigger than the trail is something you have not heard of, you should check them out. Um, I don't get anything from them. I just enjoy shouting them out and letting people know what they're all about and what's available to you guys. If, if you choose to take, um, to take their resource, to take advantage of their resource, Um, they offer up to three free months of free therapy. Yes. And I, I tried it and I didn't pay a dime and it's one of the most cool, um, services out there. And, and these guys specifically cater to trail runners. Um, I don't know that you necessarily have to be a trail runner in order to take advantage of this, but check out bigger than the trail. Um, and the address to get right to it is, uh, B-T-T, okay, B-T-T-T dot run slash support. Okay, there we go. But you can just look up Bigger Than The Trail and you're going to find these guys. And uh, I appreciate them. Uh, I tried the therapy and I found someone that I talked to and uh, I talked to this uh, beautiful woman and uh, she made me feel better, you know. Um, she's a, a beautiful spirit and, uh, I enjoyed talking with her and it made me feel a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I mean, therapy probably isn't for everybody and not everybody needs therapy, but if you do sometimes, you know, there's a little stigma involved and is insurance going to pay for it or am I going to have to pay for it? And then I gotta go sit in a doctor's office and what if I see somebody, there's a stigma and this is really easy you guys. So I can't shout these guys out enough. Um, you can do it Zoom. You can do it over the phone. You can literally text your therapy conversation if you would like to. It's about as cool as you can get. So check them out. Um, again, I can't do this without our supporters, without our sponsors. So I appreciate all you guys. 
now, give it up for Miss Michelle Howell. And he is going to be climbing Everest here soon. And he's doing it. Um, his goal is to do it without supplemental oxygen. So he's got a lot on his plate. But yes. you are the wife at home. <laughs> you yep. are the one who is probably sitting by your phone doing a lot of worrying. Um, tell me how you are adjusting to all this and how you are coping. You know, you know, I, I want to say that I'm coping pretty well. I am. Um, I've told friends and family that um, I've kind of treated this trip as I would one of his deployments. And I've been through two deployments with him as a couple, which were about five to six months each. Um, and of course, you know, those are dangerous endeavors. Um, but then for me staying busy, I work full time. Um, we don't have children, so, you know, I don't have, um, you know, that responsibility, but I think for me, it's keeping a level head in the sense that like, I know he's smart. I know he won't push it. Uh, he won't be irresponsible because I know that's what kind of person he is. And I'm also not wanting to be the wife who is preventing him from achieving these dreams that he has, because it brings him so much joy and accomplishment. So if I was one of those people to hold him back, if I would have said, no, um, I don't want you to go. Um, I know that would have uh, been hard on him. And then in turn, like I probably would have regretted that. So I want him to do all these big things that he loves to do because he loves it so much. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think overall keeping that frame of mind is um I won't say that it's easy because I do go through bouts of like being worried and concerned and, um, but he's not one to hide things from me either. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, especially on deployments, like ignorance is bliss, but at the same time, you can let your brain, you know, create stories. So I learned that it's better for him to tell me the things that are not going great, mm -hmm. uh, just so I can like not create those, you know, what ifs in my head. So yeah yeah are you able to keep communication with him right now or is it just through his in reach or what's that like at this point yeah right now I, when he's at base camp um as long as his, i forgot what they call that card that you can buy so you can you know text abroad but um he has wi-fi at base camp so i am able to just you know use the regular iphone texting okay. and uh when he is beyond that he'll use his in reach just to text like hey we're here um, I wasn't expecting to hear from him much on that 10 day acclimatization, um, climb that they did to camp three, but periodically I would hear on the inReach, like we're at camp, I'm sleeping, get ready to go to bed. Hope you had a good day. So it's just nice to, okay. you know, have a bit of communication, but it's not ongoing we're, he's 12 hours ahead. So it's like when I'm starting work, he's going to bed. So mm. we don't talk much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A 10 day acclimatization. Wow. That yeah. makes it sound a little more intense than I thought it was. I know. <laughs> that's, that's and I don't know wild. if every acclimatization schedule is like that. It just, yeah. for them, that's what they had planned out. So for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. So 
what was it like when Jason came to you and pitched you this idea or, or is that not how it happened? Or like, did you ever consider going with him? Uh, did you think he was crazy? Um, how did this all um, shake out from the beginning? You know, I'm not one to say anyone, especially my husband is crazy unless, you know, I'm joking, but the first time he brought it up, I think it was when we were doing, um, or maybe ending our uh, Everest Base Camp trek because we went in 2018 just to to backpack there. And I think he said something along the lines of like, I need to come back here. I want to climb that. And at the time, he wasn't a mountaineering instructor here in Colorado. We were stationed at Fort Bragg. He was on a special forces team. And I was like, yeah, kind of whatever. Like, I didn't say no. And I didn't say he was crazy, but I kind of like didn't believe it either. I was like, okay, this is another one of Jason's big things. Nope you know, pun intended with the podcast, but you know, um, right. so I kind of just, <laughs> like, you know, this was another one of Jason's things and kind of didn't hear about it for a while. And then when he came to the school here, became an instructor and, uh, met, uh, someone during the Moab 240 who he's climbing with, it became more of like a realization, like, okay, this could happen. And he is well-trained enough to make this happen. But my main concern maybe because I'm the daughter of like a banker that I was like, Oh my God, this is so much money. And like, how are you, are we going to do this? So that was my main concern. Still thinking it wasn't actually going to happen. And with the military taking leave, like it's not always granted. So in the back of my mind, it's like the hurry up and wait thing that you hear about, you know, being the military or military spouse. It's like nothing's ever for certain until it happens. So That was kind of my frame of mind. I was like, okay, I'm not even going to worry about this or think about this until it happens. And it was probably like only a couple of weeks before he was ready to leave that I was like, oh crap, like this is actually happening. So, (laughs) (laughs) but again, like he, he loved these challenges and I love being the support for my friends and family who take on these amazing things because it's exciting for me too. Um, But I can't say that I wasn't, had some reservations about it. Like I was mm-hmm. nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some family members who their immediate reaction was like, this is stupid. Like, why would you even consider that with or with oxygen or with or without oxygen? Mm-hmm. And he is attempting without. So he got a lot of um, pushback from uh, family. Um, not a lot from family, but some, and, and definitely people who just, feel like they can freely say whatever they want on social media like this is stupid like Mm. he's active duty like he shouldn't be doing this like stuff like that so for myself I I I wasn't about to say no because I know these are dreams that he has and this is a big one um but it like I said it didn't become real until right before he blew out <laughs> for sure for sure so <laughs> so how long have you guys been married or but at, other than besides married how long have you guys known each yeah. other i guess that's what i want to uh, know we met almost exactly 10 years ago okay. uh, we met in june of 2012 <laughs> and sorry my dog is in the background so if you hear him chewing <laughs> okay. <but> anyway um <laughs> Um, but we got married in, um, actually our anniversary was on Monday. So eight years ago, oh, okay. Uh, Monday. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, 
Um, you guys met at a Spartan race, is that we right? Did. Okay. <laughs> and I love telling the story because it's like, let me back up. So we met up our packets for this race. And uh, I used to live in Portland, Oregon um, before I met him. And it happened to be my last day of work, last day of school. And I was in a rush to pick up my packet at a local running store because the race was the following day. Um, and then I was going to go to a um, beginning of summer teacher party. So I was like in a rush. My head was not like, oh, I'm going to meet some guy in line. So we're like in line and um, the Spartan race staff were walking around because if you're going to have a, um, you know, people coming to view you race, they have to sign a waiver just to be on the course. So someone was walking around saying, do you need a waiver? Do you need a waiver? And the time, like I was just going with some friends, like we didn't have any um, people coming to watch us. So I said, no. And this guy in front of me, which happens to be Jason turned around and said something like, you don't have any spectators. Like, and I kind of took it. I was like, what a jerk. Like, why is he asking me if I'm like having a spectator? No, I'm just going with friends. So that, so we ended up talking after that, the line was like 30, 45 minutes long. We went our separate ways because it's organized by last name. And, uh, I was single at the time. Um, and apparently he was, and, uh, I am not one to take big chances, especially when it comes to like meeting a random guy. Right. <laughs> but when I picked up my packet, I walked out and I was like, that guy was like really nice. Like maybe I should just like pretend like I'm standing on my phone, texting somebody and wait for him to come out. So that's <laughs> what I did. So I was like standing on the sidewalk, like pretending I was texting my friends when I wasn't. And he was like, oh, you're still here. I was like, yep, I'm still here. <laughs> so he was in town from, uh, he was living in Colorado at the time. And he had road trip to Portland from Colorado with his uh, youngest sister. And uh, he was like, hey, we're in town for a couple nights. And, you know, after the race, if you're interested in going to get dinner with me and my sister, we don't eat seafood very often. So do you know of a seafood place? And mm. we met up after the race and kind of the rest is history. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a cool story. Yeah. Did you grow up in Portland? No, I grew up in a, a suburb of San Francisco in California in the Bay Area. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually went um, to high school in San Francisco. So the suburb was literally like on the southern border of San Francisco. Okay. And I, I chose to go to the University of Oregon for college. And that's how okay. I ended up up there. <laughs> gotcha. What was your home life like um, in California? What was, how did you grow up? Um, I tell my friends and Jason all the time, I lived a very charmed, privileged life. And I have no qualms saying that because I'm very aware. My parents were happily married for nearly 45 years. Uh, my sister and I, um, we're only 14 months apart. She's younger. And uh, we played all the sports. We had all the museums and zoos at our fingertips. Um, we had a cap family cabin in Northern California. Uh, in the redwoods we would go to during the summer and um very calm peaceful fun i say like quintessential american family and uh, i had a lot of fun i loved growing up there um my dad is still there um i grew up going to 12 years of catholic school and i got to 12th grade and i was like i'm done <laughs> moved to uh oregon and Went done, to you were and, done with Catholic school or done yeah. with 
California done with Catholic or... school. And I'm, I'm not necessarily done with California because California is near and dear to my heart, but I was ready for a change. And my dad and I, junior of high school, drove around the Northwest. My dad went to Seattle University, so he was like hoping I would go there. And I ended up on Oregon's campus and I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I want the big school. I want the football team. Like, yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. Outdoorsy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. Mm-hmm. And um, did you go to school to be a teacher? Was that the plan all along? Um, that it was always in the back of my mind, but it wasn't the plan. Um, my grandmother was a teacher. Um, my mom, though, she wasn't a trained teacher. She always like worked in our schools as an aide or in the office. So, um, I, I, I think I didn't want to go the teaching route because they, they were the teachers in the family. So I actually went to school, um, for family and human services. So I thought I was going to go into like social work or nonprofit work, um, and that is a part of the School of Education at the University of Oregon. So when I graduated, I ended up working for a nonprofit uh, for children with emotional and behavioral disorders, mm. um, which is hard. I did that for a few years and I ended up working at day treatment program, um, which is basically a classroom for high needs behavior and emotional uh, behavioral disorders of kids ages six to 12. And I got to the point where I was like, I want the teacher's job. I didn't want to be the social worker part. I didn't want to, it just wasn't my plan. So I went and got my master's at Lewis and Clark. Was college. it a stressful environment or wh- why did you want out of there? Um, yes, it was stressful. And I never felt like we or I was making any like headway with the kids. Mm. Um, and it was so uh, heartbreaking mm. to, and I was very good at like, not bringing the work home or the stories home but after a while it's just like you can't change how these kids have grown up and I only yeah. see them till age 12 and then it was like well what happens then to them later right. um or they age out of foster care and it's like what happens to them after that it was just really heavy and mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't um I wasn't being I wasn't fulfilled let's put sure. it that way Um, I know some people are very drawn to that. And I have a lot of friends who are social workers and bless them for going that route because they are much needed, but it wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. I wanted more creativity. I wanted to see kids like the light bulb light up um, when they get something. And um, I just have very fond memories myself being in school. I loved school. I loved my teachers. And I think that's why I consider myself a good teacher because I haven't forgotten what it's like to be in school. And uh, so cool mm-hmm. cool your parents are they still together are they still both around um yeah my mom passed away a couple of years ago but yes okay. they were together when she passed away um yeah they got married in 1977 and uh yeah they were together oh, until her end so you. oh no <laughs> oh i'm still here sorry about okay. that okay no that's okay. okay i don't know if it was our internet internet or yours but um, <laughs> i've been having I don't issues know where... i'm sorry Okay. No, it's okay. Um, I don't know where I left off, but, um, they got married in 1970 something 77 and I was born in 78 and, um, yeah, they were together until she passed away in February of 2020. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. This is probably, Mm -hmm. this is a weird kind of out there question, but like having parents that had such a successful marriage, did that put a Mm -hmm. big, um, uh, um, how do I ask this? Did that put, uh, like a lot of pressure on you or did that give you a, a false sense of 
what marriage really is or did it make it seem easy so that when you got married and the hard times came you're like whoa this this is how it is <laughs> um i think it's kind of a combination of both i think that's a really good question um my parents their marriage in retro- retrospect seemed easy mm-hmm. um as a child they weren't ones to like argue around us if they did argue it wasn't like anything big or major or one that my sister and I would consider like you know oh my gosh they're gonna break up or divorce like it never felt like that um I in my adult life I never took what I learned from their marriage to be pressure on my relationships I took it as like oh this is how good people communicate this is how good um partners are able to share tasks at home, how one spouse could support the other. Like I always took it as, I guess now as learning of what a good relationship looks like and sounds like. Mm. Um, I have had relationships where, I mean, like we all have that haven't worked out, um, but being with Jason and him being, you know, he's has strong opinions. He's not afraid to express himself. I felt like my mother and I were very similar, we're just more um, passive and not that it was a bad thing in our relationship, but I also wasn't used to seeing um, my mom maybe express like disappointment or anger. So now being with someone who is able to do that, I've learned quite a bit and in a sense, it's been kind of a shock of like, yeah, marriage is hard. It's not mm-hmm. as easy as how my parents made it look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I am experiencing that as well. I mean, I have a wonderful relationship with my wife, but we've only been married for a short time and, uh, my parents are still successfully married and it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, how the hell did you guys do it for so long? It's totally insane. A long time. It's insane. (laughs) And we just hit year eight and some, I mean, as you know, I'm sure like we want to kill each other sometimes. And I'm sure (laughs) he just like, get so frustrated with me and as I get frustrated with him but it's like we know that commitment is there Mm -hmm. and we've both been in prior marriages that's a whole nother story I should write a memoir about that because like (laughs) I met Jason only a few months after that one ended um and we met when we were older so that's another thing we met when we were older yes and I think we kind of knew um maybe subconsciously what we wanted and what we didn't want yeah that that's mm -hmm. a big one right there is having some age underneath your belt and knowing who Mm -hmm. you are and having made those tough decisions and sort of stuck your flag in the things that matter and don't matter. And that's huge. That's a big part of it right there. Yeah. I realized I wasn't willing to compromise on certain things or I, what, you know, like in the sense that like, I, I, I hesitate to say like, listen to your gut, but I should have that first relationship. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't a bad relationship by any means like it wasn't um it didn't end in a terrible way or anything and it ended amicably but at the same time it's like I met Jason I realized like oh like like my world was like expanded I was like oh this is how this is exciting this is how it should be Mm -hmm. um like right from the get-go which, yeah. you know, put me on guard a bit because I was like, it can't be this good all the time. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's not, but it, there's like a, there's something special that I realize in my relationship with Jason now that I didn't have before. And I wish I would have maybe yeah. taken some time to consider some things before For getting sure. married at age. I think I was 26. 
Okay. And that okay. seems very young to me now. Yeah, <laughs> it does. But you know, my parents got married way younger than that and they still survived for forever. So yeah, it, it, it works it. for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jason, you know, I've never met him, but talked to him a handful of times and of course had him on the show and, and, um, he seems to me like um, someone with very strong morals and kind of a good old boy with probably a good, strong family upbringing as, as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that can't hurt in a relationship. No. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's all positive. Yep. For sure. Um, so what else were you doing um, when you, uh, you went to college, um, eventually mm-hmm. got married, but anything mm-hmm. else going on in your life, interests, hobbies, were you exercising in those days? Because yeah, like I see pictures of you running up and down mm-hmm. the incline in, in yeah. Manitou Springs. So, yeah. um, were you always athletic? I was always athletic. My mom threw me and my sister into, you know, parks and rec dance when I was like three or four. And even then I was like, no, this is not for me. Um, yeah, I always from fourth grade on played volleyball, soccer, basketball, got to high school, played volleyball. And then, um, I went to a Catholic prep school and it just, you know, turned out that I, you know, once uh, volleyball season was over, it was like, well, what do I do now? And, uh, they had a crew team, rowing team that, um, like no one rows before high school. Like that's not something people do. So they were trying to recruit like other athletes. And I was like, Oh, I'll just try this out. And I was hooked. I quit volleyball. I rode all four years in high school. I went to college and it wasn't a um, division one sport at Oregon at the time. It was a club sport. So I did that my first year. Um, But I'm kind of, I won't say I'm just short and kind of petite and most rowers, good rowers are tall, lean and um, very few programs have, I I classify as like lightweight. So uh, not many programs had lightweight programs at the time. Um, but yeah, I always participated in sports. Um, and then I got to college and when I was done with rowing, I am living in Eugene, Oregon. It's just stunning. Like I learned how to rock climb, I took a rock climbing class wow. and then of course hiking. And then upon graduating and moving to Oregon, um, I had a, you know, college boyfriend relationship that ended suddenly. And I'm the type of person that's like I'm not going to sit around and mope I need to figure out something else to do so mm-hmm. on a whim I told my roommate at the time I'm like I'm just going to register for a marathon because if I do it then I can't like back out and she was like you're going to run a marathon I was like yep I need I need something so yeah um I was 23 and mm-hmm. ran the Portland marathon mm-hmm. um and then that was you know subsequent years I was a runner in my 20s okay um and then I met Jason and I I Anyway, long story short, I I got into lifting, very little running the last 10 years or so. Now Jason's into running and I'm the other way. So, (laughs) so you're doing more lifting now and he's doing more endurance stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so your first marathon was Portland, Portland marathon. Yep. Okay. I I think that was, gosh, a while ago. Mm -hmm. Did you have any natural talent? Was, did it come easy for you? Did you really have to work for it? No, I I would say, I mean, I I wasn't like placing like Jason does in the races he does by any (laughs) means, but I think running just for like my body type and, um, of course, like in sports, I always ran, um, for cardiovascular fitness, 
um, because the coaches made us. But um, yeah, I I think running for me came easy. And even now, like uh, I think Jason had mentioned during the 240, I paced him the last 18 Mm -hmm. miles. Um, I, I think you know, bodies have a memory and I did train throughout the summer, kind of nervous about it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't run beyond, I don't know, five miles in a decade, <laughs> spent all summer training and yeah, it went, it went fine. So nice, nice. definitely not as competitive as he is, but, um, yeah. I enjoy it when I finally commit to doing something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that your one and only marathon or did you keep going with, with that? Or I also did the San Francisco marathon. I've done the Seattle and I had registered for New York and I got injured, which, uh, I kind of, I think that was probably 2008 or so. And I just had injury after injury and looking back now, uh, I know I wasn't feeling correctly. Mm. I probably wasn't doing all these other mobility and, you know, lifting kind of things that would have prevented or improved what was going on. So I think if I was to train now for something seriously, I would take it totally differently. Um, But yeah, I just got tired of injury after injury. And at the time, a friend of mine was like, Hey, I know you need something different because running's not working for you. Have you heard about this thing called CrossFit? And I was like, what are you talking about? This is like when CrossFit was starting. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, on a whim, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this gym and try it out. Love it. Mm-hmm. And now the gym I went to um, disaffiliated from CrossFit uh, in 2010 or 11. They just became like a lifting gym. So I've been lifting since mostly. So that's your thing. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. And I go through seasons. Sometimes it's hypertrophy, like bodybuilding. Sometimes it's like, I want to lift as heavy as possible. Mm. Sometimes it's just two days a week so I can get out on the trails and run or hike. So it depends on the season, how much and what I've chosen to do. Okay. But yeah. And what's this season right now? Like what, what are you up to most recently? Are you spending a lot of time in the gym? Yeah. So I'm about four to five days a week. We have a home gym here in the garage. Okay. Um, I am in a hypertrophy phase right now. So mm. bodybuilding, I, Jason has talked about this too. He and I have similar body types where we respond really well to that kind of training. Okay. Um, I, it's super high volume. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love being sore. Um, but as soon as like the weather is nicer here, I think I'm going to ease back on that and, uh, focus more on, I say, I'm going to do a trail race. Jason would <laughs> be beside himself with joy if I decided to do something like that (laughs) but I haven't committed to that yet so we'll see but I am on the incline about once a week okay nice yeah and so Jason looks like a bigger guy so I'm guessing he spent a lot of time in the gym over the years but not Mm -hmm. most recently he's doing a lot of endurance stuff yeah is that how it was was he in the gym a lot first and then eventually discovered endurance or is that how it worked for him I don't remember exactly that's exactly how it was. Um, when I met him, he was very much, I mean, some running at the time, but I think it was just kind of like a side thing. Mm-hmm. Um, lifting. Mm-hmm. He's always been a lifter. So when I see his, his body type now, I'm like, oh my God, I was looking back on pictures um, around our anniversary on Monday. I was like, oh my gosh, he, he looks like a completely different person now. He looks just way more in the lean face, now? Like, super lean now really Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but he knows he i think he talked about how he had done you know bodybuilding shows 
um, yeah. in the past and he knows how to manipulate his diet without like tracking food. He knows how to change how he's exercising, lifting, running to get the outcome he desires mm -hmm. uh, just because he's had so much ex experience with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably have as well, right? Yeah. But I have, I haven't like dabbled as much in the type of training that he's, you know, sure. done himself in the sense that like, what did he say? He was eating like a crazy amount of calories per day just to like, he's a, he had to be a heavy gainer. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's like, yeah, I've dabbled in that, but that's not how I want to spend my time. Like I would much rather, you know, go out and have dinner with friends and have beers or wine and not. Yeah. yeah for so. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just do it for feeling good, not to necessarily change what I look like. <laughs> yeah. So it's more of um, a hobby or um, uh, uh, an interest or a passion for you rather than a lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I've You're... dabbled in both, but I think I, I'm more balanced. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. I have yeah. so many people on the podcast who, you know, sometimes on purpose have chosen to be unbalanced and that's the way they have to be in order to be successful mm -hmm. at the things that they're doing. And it's Absolutely. a decision that they made, but mm -hmm. it's a tough one that sort of wreaks havoc on the rest of their life sometimes. So, yeah, absolutely. And the closest thing I've ever come to that, I think it was during one of Jason's deployments, I had spent a lot of time doing like hypertrophy bodybuilding just to like see like how, how big I can get. And women can't get big unless you eat mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, I want to see what it would be like if I actually tracked my macros, like just to lean out a little bit. And it was more of just an experiment. I had time. It was summer. I wasn't teaching. Jason was gone. I was only cooking for myself. Like that works. And I get mm -hmm. why people do it, but I don't want my life to revolve around like a food scale right? and this much cardio. And, you know, like I, I have a lot of interest outside of lifting outside mm -hmm. of teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I still, you know, I still snowboard. I love to climb with Jason when I can, I love to climb 14ers. Like I want to be able to do those things. And that's why I lift to be mm -hmm. able to do everything else. Yeah. Well, that's a healthy way to look at mm -hmm. it and that's a healthy place to be. It's a good balance. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good decision. Thanks. Um, so let's see what else. So eventually you married Jason. Um, was he in the teams when you guys got married? No, he wasn't. No. We got, well, he was almost, he was in the, um, Q course. So the course that he had to graduate from to be able to be on a special forces team. Okay. So we met, um, right before he was going to um, selection, which is mm. when you get selection to, or selected to go to the Q course. And then that's two to three years before you can even be on a team. So I've been with him through, you know, the training. And then um, we ended up staying in North Carolina when that course was done for okay. about six years. So mm -hmm. then he was on the team then. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like what life was like in those days, I'm guessing that everything was kind of going into him and in, in that process. Um, mm -hmm. Was it stressful on you? Did your life sort of revolve around his life? Um, I mean, yeah. it's a big deal <laughs> and it, it takes a lot of effort and it, a lot of energy goes into that. So I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. I don't, 
and Jason told me to be real on here. So I'm not going to like hold back on like how I was feeling about certain things at the time. Maybe I didn't express it to him at the time, but yeah, like it did revolve around him, but you know, I love him so much and loved him so much at the time that like, I was willing to, um, sacrifice certain things. So the, the, the first thing was like, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life in Oregon, loved it, owned a house in Portland, had a great teaching job in a district that I loved with people that I loved and met Jason and things evolved so quickly that, um, you know, I made the decision to quit my job in the middle of the year, which teachers generally do not do to Mm -hmm. move to North Carolina and leave my home and my friends and my job behind for our relationship. Mm. And it was terrifying. It was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the first time I told him that I was considering it, I was just thinking out loud and he, I think he took it to being excited that I was going to like make the decision to come. And then a few days later, I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for this. Like I have this house here. What am I going to do? Do I rent it? Do I set like, he is very good at like having a goal and just like ignoring everything else, not everything else, but like pushing forward on that goal. Whereas I'm the kind of person who's like, what if this, what if this, what if this, and then it like paralyzes me. Mm -hmm. And at the time it paralyzed me. And I didn't think our relationship was going to make it then because he took it to mean that I didn't want to be with him. And, um, and it wasn't that at all. It was more like fear of like leaving everything that I thought I was going to have forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually I I made that decision, moved there, you know, got a new new job right away. Um, Jason, actually we ended up in North Carolina and he like three days later, had to go to like a six week course. And I was like in this new place in a new house, just starting a new job, not knowing anybody. And he had no contact at all. So I was like, this is the first time in my life where I was like alone. Mm -hmm. And it was really easy in a short period of time to get a bit resentful. Mm. Um, Because he wanted me there so badly, which I was grateful for, but it's like, he wanted me here and he's not even here. Yeah. but uh of course like staying busy and teaching meeting new people like i had to go out on my own for the first time ever and actually put myself out there to make a life for myself when he wasn't around Mm. um which now in retrospect was really good for me okay so um but through the course same same things it's like he's gone for days or weeks at a time and you know, I'm here taking care of the house and we have dogs and granted, we don't have children. So I don't want to speak for every military spouse. Cause I have plenty of friends who are dealing with a lot more than me. So I don't want to be the voice of, you know, military spouses, but you know, small things become big things over time. It's like, you know, a leak in the roof. I have to deal with it or it's like, the, you know, car problems, whatever. It's like them in and of itself is not like a big deal but it's like when you are the sole person who has to like make these decisions or take care of these things or get the dogs to the vet or you know if we had kids kids to the dark you know all that becomes like an emotional burden totally um so it's a it's a lot <laughs> and so sometimes when he would come home I would just unload 
like <laughs> this stuff happened and then this and then this and then he just wants to come home and like hang out and, you know be all great and the main thing that me and my friends who are also military spouses talk about is it's like when you need to have a hard conversation with your partner you're always kind of on eggshells because it's like well they're just coming back so i don't want to unload on this them yet but then i don't want to unload on them before they leave because that's going to affect their mission mindset yep. so it's like you kind of have to pick and choose or you know tiptoe around some issues because it affects their job 100%. so that's yeah. been really challenging yeah do you have a group of friends that are military spouses or I do. is there like a club or like <laughs> how does that work well I, I would guess you guys need to sort yeah. of lean on each other and ask each other how do, you, how do you do this yes and i'm really grateful that um i married jason being a special forces soldier because mm. that world is what from what I understand very different from the quote unquote big army worlds. Right. Um, they don't care at all what their ranks are. The spouses don't, we don't even know what the ranks are. Like we don't care. Like we are a very small tight group because they have to be, and we support each other because us supporting meaning wives or spouses or partners mm -hmm. need to support each other because when they're supported, their spouse is supported and they can't be worried about what's going on at home um, while they're gone. Um, so some of the closest friends I have now are the spouses, partners of the men that Jason has been on team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And is that comfortable? I mean, do you get along with all of them? Um, I, again, I was lucky ours. Yes. Like yeah. every girlfriend, spouse, partner, mm -hmm. we did all get along. And I cool. know that's not true of every team. Like sure. we just got lucky. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We were all really close. We were all like on the same text when the guys were gone. Mm -hmm. We always often got together when the guys were gone. Mm -hmm. I have babysit their children, um, watch their dogs, house sat yeah. so they can do the things that they need and want to do when their partner is away. Um, and I still do that here. One of uh, a woman that I met in North Carolina, just at another acquaintance son's birthday party years ago, now lives in our neighborhood. So um, I go take care of her dogs. I babysit her kids when she needs to go, um, you know, to doctor's appointments or whatever. And her husband, though he's not deployed, is in a very, he's also special forces, is in a course that has taken him away from home more months in the last year than he would have been when he was deployed so we just that's kind of just what we do because mm. we know it's it's necessary yeah yeah and then we want to help each other for sure i was never in the military so like forgive my mm -hmm. naivete around all of this and i that's don't okay. know the proper etiquette for for mm -hmm. some of these questions and, and whatnot but that's okay i did you, before either yeah yeah <laughs> have you experienced experienced um tragedy or loss in your small group of friends or um the loss of uh, uh you know one of your uh the wives spouses or you know the guys in the team or whatever in being with jason no i have okay. not personally um there has been some close calls that i heard about after the fact um but no um 
I can't even imagine what that would you know be like and I know Jason's lost a lot of friends in his career um but uh even there was a I don't know if you knew about this but they had a they had a team accident um someone on their team had a major fall uh this time last year I think he fell about 40 to 50 feet uh climbing at a place nearby and he uh, had to be medevaced out that's the closest that I've been to like holy crap, like their job is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, and they weren't even deployed. They were Mm -hmm. 30 miles Mm -hmm. away on a rock, just training, just training. Um, but yeah, I've been really, you know, thankful that we have not had to endure that together. Sure. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Like when I, when I talked to Jason, just having a conversation with him, he seems like this alpha dude that's very fit and confident and, and also probably like a gear junkie in the sense that he knows what he's doing outside, right? Like if he's going to go out training or go out on a mission, I just feel Mm -hmm. like he's going to be one of the safe guys that is looking out for his friends and his friends are probably the same way also looking Mm -hmm. out for him. Mm -hmm. But you know, you still hear the stories. I mean, I'm, like I said, I was never in the military. I, I, I just watch movies, right? All, yeah, all right. my information comes from the movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you watch American Sniper and all these other things and yep. shit happens. It, it shit happens, happens. To, the, to the strongest people out there, the most safe yep. people out there. Accidents happen. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, no, it's just got to be difficult to be in your position. And sure, he seems like the safest, toughest, strongest mm-hmm. guy out there. But, you know. You just but, hope that yeah. it stays that way. And the mount- and the mountains don't care about you. So yeah. it's like, just like enemies don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think that brings back to kind of like a, I don't know if we call it a motto in our relationship, but like we met by complete chance. So we are kind of applied to live as to chance. Living is taking chances to our relationship in the sense that like, you know, we can go out on a limb and do these amazing things and make great stories. But the other side of that is like, sometimes awful things happen and there's nothing that you can do about it. And that's just kind of how life is. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. not to say that won't be heartbreaking, but I think he and I are both aware of like how fragile uh, life can be and not just like his job, but like, you know, friends get sick, parents pass away. Like, shit happens and we don't mm-hmm. like to take things for granted. And he has taught me a lot about that because he has lost so many things. His, his upbringing was very different than mine. He had some challenging things in his childhood that like, I can't even imagine. Mm. So I, when I said earlier that I lived a very charmed life, that now, like as an adult, when like, you know, my mom passing away or, you know, a few months ago, a 21 year old kid in fair play, Colorado plowed into me and totaled my car. Like I've never like experience things like that until like I met him and he's like, you know, shit happens. Like Mm. it's how you like deal with these things that kind of um, makes us who we are and makes us stronger. So he's really great for me in that sense that um, I'm kind of grounded more with him. And he's also, like you were saying, very, um, aware of his surroundings in the sense that I am not so when we've traveled like he's very like high alert to the point Mm -hmm. where I think he's expressed where you know it's exhausting for him and you know that's due to 
his experiences being in the military. Um, but that also makes him hyper aware in the sense that he does a really good job in the things that he takes on. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, if you guys are at a bar and something happens in the bar, I'm guessing that you're probably going to be the safest person in the room, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. I know. We joke about that all the time. Like if we have the zombie apocalypse, we'll be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. But you know, having that sort of awareness also keeps you present and, and makes you appreciate the little things in life. And yeah. when you say goodbye, I'm not going to see you for a month. You mm-hmm. really say goodbye and you really say, I love you. And you yeah. take that extra yep. couple seconds and, and, um, you, yeah, you just have a certain understanding that life yeah. is finite. It's not going yeah. to last forever. And right. You know, yeah, just who knows what the yeah. future looks like. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to put it because even though I, would not have articulated it that like that well as you just did is like our goodbyes are very special his homecomings are very special and even when he's gone like we try to make you know the text funny or you know our anniversary was on monday and at school our school secretary walked in with a dozen roses i was like how did he get flowers here from camp three like I don't know (laughs) like how he even did that or that was like a prior order or something but you know he is really good I think we are really good at um, making each other feel special when we're not like with each other Mm -hmm. and it it, you know it's not easy because like I could easily sit here and be resentful that he's gone again for eight weeks but at the same time it's like I look forward to him coming home And I have my own life going on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's got to be a little part of you that's like, it's really badass that I have the husband that's about to summit Mount Everest. I mean, there's got to be a little something there too. (laughs) Yeah. I am not lacking in sharing stories about him (laughs) by any means. Yeah. And it's like, when he suggested me, you know, talking to you, I was like, what am I going to offer? I was like, he interviews all these like badass athletes. And like, I'm here, like the wife at home, like, yeah, like Jason's doing awesome things. And he is, but it's so funny because it's like, he, he sees me as he, he's like, don't worry about it. You're a badass too. I was like, well, not in the sense of like running the 240 or climbing Everest. So the fact that he suggested we talk, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not lacking in stories about him because it's like, what's the next exciting thing that he's going to do? <laughs> well, I would love for you to indulge me in some of those stories that, that can be told on the air if you have any, but every time he yeah. talks about you, he speaks so highly of you and says, yeah, she's such a badass," And he always says that, um, she saved me. She saved my life. Mm-hmm. Or she, she, I think that's how he says it. She saved me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. do you know, do you know what that means? Like, is there something deeper there that, that I don't know about, or, I mean, I don't want you to share intimate details that shouldn't be shared, but. I mean, I could, I could suspect, you know, responding to you saying that I saved him. I think that's a very grand statement, but I think he, when he met me was very jaded um, in relationships. And the kind of, he even told me, he was like, I was expecting to be single for the rest of my life. Um, I think, I think what he means by that is that 
I, a very driven person who has her own life going on, but I also fully commit myself to him being supportive and my friends and family that he didn't have maybe all the time growing up or in relationships that he had. And I've also, um, I think he talked about with you that he hears what I tell him. So if I say like, hey, I notice, you know, you're handling these certain things maybe unhealthily. Like I, it seems like you're thinking about things that have been hard for you to see in your career in a way that's affecting you and it's affecting our relationship. So I think in that way, when he says that, like, maybe I saved him is that he has had opportunities to uh, work on himself because I told him that I feel like it would be good for you to talk to someone or see a doctor because this is about us now. It's not just about you. Mm. So I think, I think that's maybe where he was going with Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, when I'm committed, I'm committed 100%. I'm supportive 100%. Like I pride myself in that. And I love him so much that like, that's what I want to do. I don't feel like it's a chore, like him climbing, climbing Everest. Yeah. For maybe some partners would be like, absolutely not. I don't want you to do that. That's too dangerous. And like I said earlier, that is what brings him joy. And I get joy in his joy and excitement about things. So totally. Mm -hmm. But as for being a badass, I don't know what he means about that. So (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would have to guess that your relationship goes both ways and he is able to sort of call you out on your stuff. And I mean, that's what a relationship is. Of course, you you help each other up and we're all just sort of walking each other home. And when you're Mm -hmm. down, I try and raise you up and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I would have to guess. It's not easy to hear that though from him because he is very, he's very direct um, to the point where I think I'm just a person who kind of tiptoes around things um, that are challenging to bring up. And if he, you know, brings something up, that's a hard conversation. Like I am the first person to like be defensive. Like I admit that, but, um, he's also presented that to me. Like you need to stop being so defensive. I'm just bringing this up because this is going to help you or it's going to help our relationship. And I, I, I'm not great at getting critical feedback from him. Mm-hmm. especially in regards to how I communicate or how he would like me to communicate or things he would, you know, like to see me do or whatever. Um, you know, things are hard to hear. And so I am also at the same time working on hearing it and not being reactive. Mm. And he's taught me a lot in that area. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would also have to guess you guys' communication is coming from two completely different places. Yep. Like I'm guessing his communication with his buddies is extremely direct and yeah. probably, you know, uh, the, 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 the books that I've read about um, special forces and team guys is their sense of humor is so insane because <laughs> they've seen and done some of the craziest things that they just almost have to laugh about it all. So their sense yeah. of humor seems so completely dark to the average person, yep. but so when he, 
he's trying to bring that to a relationship and he's trying to communicate to you. He's got a, <laughs> I just imagine you guys, like you have to take it up a level. He has to take it down a level to sort of balance yeah. it out. <laughs> yep. That's absolutely. That's I am laughing as we're talking. I was like, yep, yep, yep. I think there was even some discussions we got it. We've gone into before. Where I'm like, don't talk to me like your guys. Yeah. I'm not one of your guys. Right. <laughs> like, don't like direct me around or like, just the way things have brought up sometimes I'm like, dang, like, sure. you need to, like you said, take it down a notch. But in some senses, like with him, like I've learned to take it up a notch because uh -huh. I am very, um, diplomatic. Um, I want, I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I want people to get along. I want us to get along mm -hmm. and good communication. Sometimes you're not going to get along. You need to be more direct. So I've learned a lot. Um, and I'm still getting better at that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way with me and my wife, but I just picture yeah. you guys being like even way more extreme, like 10 times more, like he's way up here and you're way down here and yeah, you know, just trying to mm -hmm. find that balance is yeah, and that going back to how like my previous relationships, even like they, I, I feel like this relationship with Jason is very fiery not in a bad way all the time but like we are both very opinionated people mm -hmm. and I have strong feelings about things and as does he but um I, I think in my relationship with him I have learned that I have more of a voice that I ever gave myself credit for and he's like brought that out in me because I've had to because if I'm just like, and I think that's what he like loves about me is that like, yeah, I might tiptoe around some things or I might be a little cautious in the way I say or present things to him, but eventually it's going to come out and yeah, it's going to be, you know, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but we're both learning that like discomfort is just what you get in a relationship and you have to like understand that it's going to be there. And I think um, looking at, you know, friends relationships or family members relationships that haven't worked out that ultimately it comes down to you know a lot of times it's communication one person's not sharing things that they need if you're not sharing what you need then you might get resentful um and you're not going to get what you need anyway so mm -hmm. uh yeah I like I said I'm still working on it we're still working on it I think it's just ever evolving I don't think it everyone is. ever has a figure and no one has it figured out. That's kind of the fun of marriage. It's like you have someone who's committed to you and you're not worried about them, like, you know, giving up and walking out the door in the middle of a fight. It's like, okay, we're fiery right now. And I, I am guilty of too hard. Sometimes, sometimes he needs a break and he's like, I can't talk right now. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be alone. And I don't know if this is stereotypical of women. Like I, I can't leave well enough alone. It's like, mm -hmm. I need to talk about it right now. Right. Um, and for him to not deal with it, I think he's, I perceive he's not dealing with things that I want him to be thinking about, but it's, he needs to process and then come back to it. So mm -hmm. we've had some, we've had some um, major discussions about how like, I need to honor that and he needs to honor that for me. So it's finding that balance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think you guys should get together with me and my wife because there's so many similarities here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I, I can totally respect that because I'm just like, yeah, sometimes we'll get into an argument and it's like, 
for me to, to, to come at this and, and present in a healthy way, like I need a little bit of space. I have to step away and sort of just get out of this for a second and take care of myself so that I can bring myself healthily to this relationship because right now I'm unhealthy. I'm you're we're going crazy here, right? Yeah. I and I know in the away. moment I'm being unhealthy myself. Like <laughs> I know it. Yeah. I can't like yeah pull myself away. So you know we're I mean we have to take care on. of ourselves first before we can come yeah. to a relationship that's gonna be healthy. And yeah. and I mean that's the hard part. But you said it best like like um, sometimes being in a relationship is, is uncomfortable. There's discomfort there. It's just like building a muscle. I mean, to get stronger, you've got to break it down from time to time. And mm -hmm. then eventually it gets stronger and bigger. And right. And yeah. Um, it's so, hard. And especially like I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I just, I, I kind of wanted to move on just to, because sure. I know we're getting heavy into the relationship thing, but I just wanted to know, like, what else are we missing about being the the spouse of, of a team guy? Like, I'm sure that there's things behind the scene that a lot of people don't know about, like um, pros and cons. I don't know. Anything else you got? Well, yeah, like, I think the pro pros are, I have lived in places that I would have never moved to myself. I have mm -hmm. made friends that I never would have met. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen um, a side of the military. I mean, my dad was in the military, but I wasn't from like, quote unquote, a military family. Like I've experienced being in and around the military and seeing how that, you know, um, how their job affects themselves, their spouses, the world, the country. Mm -hmm. um, it's brought a new respect, uh, for me in that sense, having that, um, connection, um, that I didn't have before. Um, I, I guess the main, uh, I guess if you can say the con is that they're gone a lot and it takes a really strong person, um, partner, spouse to be okay with that. Because I was talking about earlier, like, you know, working full time and having the dogs and though we don't have kids, it's like, I'm still dealing with life here. Um, that could be stressful in and of itself, but, um, the, the con going along with that is that it's easy to get or find myself getting resentful sometimes how long they're gone. Um, and to always feel like, um, I can't have or don't want to have the conversations that are hard because I know that's going to affect their mission mindset. Um, so I think those are kind of the cons of it, but at the same time, I think um, it's made our relationship and our friends' relationships really, really strong because when you are apart from someone for a while, it's, um, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's, you know, mm -hmm. what people say, but it's really, it's really true. If you're committed or we're committed, like, it's so great when they come home and they're home for days or weeks at a time, because it's like, make the most of that time together. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think those are kind of the main pros and cons. And I would have to imagine it's made you uh, a lot stronger person as well. Yeah, I think so. I was kind of a person growing up where I wouldn't just like put myself out to like, you know, I look back and in my twenties, I probably wouldn't even gone to a movie by myself like just stuff like that, like, really? 
or I don't know, or like sitting at dinner by myself was like a very foreign thing. And now it's like, I love being by myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love going on the trails by myself. I love like just doing whatever (laughs) I want to do and not having to work around somebody else. But yeah, I think I was just, I don't know, shy, maybe not as um, daring back then. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no regrets, I'm guessing either. It seems like you're in a good place. I'm just standing back here like bird's eye view. Yeah. Looking at, at, yeah. It seems like you're in a good place and you have no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. No, re- no regrets. I, I uh, joke about where, like, we, where do you we... see... no, sorry. Go ahead. I think our connection is a little bit wonky here. I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off, but no, that's okay. Um, I actually forgot what I was going to say. So go ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, where, where do you see you guys' future? Like, um, do you see Jason doing these? Did I lose you again? Oh no. I don't know. Are you there? Hopefully. Okay. There. Yep. I'm, I'm here. Can you hear okay. me? No, that's yes. okay. Our connection's going bad. Okay. Um, where do, do you, you, do you see Jason doing all these crazy adventures and missions for the rest of his life? Or like, do you think that he'll get to a point where he's content and, I don't know, ready to, I don't know, settle down's the right word or mm. like, yeah, I, I don't see him stopping. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Uh, but it's funny talking about Everest. It's like, okay, wh- what's after Everest? Like right. you've done Are you the most. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I joke about that, but it, at the same time, it's like, I told him, I'm like, what is the next thing? Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting tired, like not tired of them doing things, big things, but it's, you know, it is, it is tiring because Mm -hmm. it's like, it affects my life too. Mm -hmm. And I would love to go on a vacation. Like I told him, I was like, I would just love to do something with you. Cause he's coming back from Everest and going right back into instructing again. And Mm -hmm. that's my summer off. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess I'm doing my own thing again. Um, yeah, I don't see him ever being content with like not having a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what his retirement's going to look like. I don't think retirement in the sense of retirement is going to be good for him. Like yeah. it, there's going to be other things. Um, but I think, like I said before, like, that's, what's exciting about our relationship. It's like, what is he doing? Like, I'm very excited to support. Like if, if he wants to go to South America and go climb in Patagonia, like I am going, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do some things with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Everest was never something that I was going to go with him with. So this is his thing and I'm glad he's doing it on his own, but yeah. 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 He's, he's never going to calm down. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't think so either. I I don't see it. I don't feel it. No, I, this is an interesting conversation for me just because like I admire Jason and his lifestyle and his way of life. And I admire you and your, the way you support him and the relationship and the dynamic that you guys have and, and the way you sort of balance each other out. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, um, I don't know you guys well, it's just my bird's eye view looking down and I'm like, wow, that's freaking awesome. The way those guys just make it happen. And I think that other people probably look at that too, but you're the one that's in it. You know what I'm saying? You're the mm-hmm. one that 
that has to spend a, hand, a bunch of nights alone while he's off on this mission. And, and you're the one that has to learn how to have dinner by yourself night after night. And, but you know, in those are the low times, you know, also yep. you get to look forward to him coming home and you guys are, are closer than ever. And like you say, you, your hellos and goodbyes are more meaningful than anyone else's hellos and goodbyes. So it's like the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Yep. Yeah. It's really true. Yeah. And it's all, it's all mindset too. I think I have a good mindset most of the time uh, and that's taken practice. Like I could easily sit at home and be angry that he's gone all these months, or I could use that opportunity to like, what am I going to do for myself? Yeah. Um, yep. um, to bring joy to myself when mm -hmm. he's not here. Mm -hmm. And it could be something, it could be, something totally simple. It's like, I, I can work out and eat at any time right now. Cause he's not needing to go to bed at seven 30. Cause he has to be up at three. Like I get time to do the things that I really want to do. Mm -hmm. I get to be super social when he's gone. Cause he's very much a homebody. And I'm like, Oh, I have plans with my friends. Like, not that I can't have, you know, time with my friends when he is home, no, but it's no. like, I fill that sense. time better yeah. or, you know, more often. So, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. Yeah, we make it work the best we can, right? Yeah. And I think in the sense too, it's like we by chance just happen to meet each other at the right time in the right place. We have the same passions. Um he takes on big things, though I take on big things. He supports me too in my endeavors and that doesn't exist in every relationship. Not everyone does that. So it just so happened that the universe brought us together, mm -hmm. so which mm -hmm. is wild to consider, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy the way it all works out, right? It's really crazy. I know yeah. it is. <laughs> well, yeah. What else do you have coming up this summer? Do you personally have any goals, any crazy races, vacations, anything you're looking forward to? Um, mostly I'm going to try to knock out some more 14ers this summer. Mm, nice. Um, that's my plan. And with him being gone quite a bit, I'm just going to spend as much time on the trails around here or, you know, as much as possible. I don't have any big trips planned, but we haven't actually lived in Colorado that long. So I feel like mm. living here is kind of a vacation in itself. So I'm going to do some exploring. That right. I pick up my new car on Monday. So I'm ready to like. Ah, you know, <laughs> nice. put some miles on it. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So nothing, nothing major. Maybe I'll, I'm toying with uh, one of those trail ultras, but uh, okay. haven't, okay. haven't committed, haven't committed yet. Do you have your eye on any special one? <laughs> Not quite. I have a friend who is trying to get me to run and now I'm totally blanking on the name of it. Doesn't it go from Crested Butte to like uh, Aspen? What is that? Oh, the Grand Traverse. The Grand Traverse. I was nice. like, that's kind of grand for me to do. And no, she's like, no, I no. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So she, she did it last year and she's like, I thought it was totally outside my wheelhouse. You could probably do it. I was like, so we'll, we'll see. Okay. So. You can yeah. definitely do it. I have hundred percent faith in you. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that race is like 40 ish miles or something like that. Maybe I think it's 40 and you know, I knocked out, you know, almost 20 with Jason last summer. And not to say that that was, you know, easy, but it's like, if I can do 20, 
I could do 40. Easy. Like, <laughs> Easy. <laughs> um, have you done a lot of the 14ers in Colorado? You know, I've done seven, only seven or eight. Cause the, when we moved here, it was right when COVID happened. Um, so Jason and I weren't working. Um, so we did a bit of climbing together and we were doing the, uh, what was it? The Leadville hundred thousand, uh, oh. foot challenge. Yep. So I was doing that with a friend and he was doing that too. So did a ton of hikes, a lot of elevation gain that, that summer. So I think I'm going to get back into actually summiting more. Nice. Um, I don't have any like on my list, but I want, yeah. I want more than seven, seven's yeah. kind of small. So I need to go bigger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like 50 more you could do. So I it's know. Like completely, you can just hike forever in Colorado and never get to the end of, you can literally explore forever for a complete lifetime and not even touch yeah. the surface of Colorado. I think I did a section of the Colorado trail with a few girlfriends last summer. And I would love to do more sections of that. Mm. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love, good. I love playing by ear and just being outside. It's like waking up one day. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do this today. Really? That's how I'm excited about my summer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Be spontaneous. <laughs> yep. Live in the moment. Just wake up and yeah. say, oh, I think I want to go to the top of that today. It's going to happen. Totally. It's yeah. the best. And though <laughs> I didn't grow up around mountains, I've always been very drawn to them. So like, I, I'm just beside myself that we get to call this place home. It's Me too. amazing. Yeah. We're lucky. We're lucky in that yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, well, I live closest to Long's Peak and okay. by, by outside Rocky Mountain National Park. So if you guys ever have that one on your list, look me up. Let me know. I'd love to sure. guys up there. I need to do it. I know Jason's done it. Okay. Isn't there like a face on it, like on one side? Is oh, no, no, it's easy. It's easy. You're going to be fine. Okay. But is there another? Is I don't want to do that one. He's already done a crazy one on that one. But yeah. No, no there are it. some we tough love... sections on Longs. Uh, he, so he probably went up the North Face. And yeah, that is a little tricky. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough mountain all the way around. It's, it's, it's pretty technical, but um, it's doable. It's doable. It, it's... Yeah, I'm not about like, I know climbed that with somebody. I was like, I'm not, not going to do that okay. So, okay. <laughs> yeah but we would we would love to meet you guys in person that'd be awesome <laughs> well and if i remember right um jason's running the sangre de cristo 200 later yes. this year okay yes sweet. Mm -hmm. okay well we're are you going to that, that one too absolutely sweet yeah. okay we'll yeah. run into you guys I, cool. i'll be there i don't, can't say that i'm going to be doing anything but crewing but i well, will be there absolutely cool well we'll make a party out of it one way or another okay cool. sounds great All right, that was episode number 135. Thank you for listening, guys. Let me know what you thought. Um, shoot me a message. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Even better yet, um, leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts or a one-star review. Tell me I suck. I don't care. Um, just say hi. <laughs> it makes me feel good to get messages. Doesn't everybody feel good when they get messages? Um... I mean, I guess sometimes I do. I guess when I wake up and I have a lot of messages on my phone, that's kind of annoying. I don't know. But I love hearing from you guys. Uh, shoot me a message or shoot Michelle a message. Or better yet, shoot Jason Howell a message and tell him to come back on this show. Uh, again, if you haven't heard the episode that he is on, that was episode number 116. And if you want to hear... 
a very humble stud try not to talk about himself while I ask him lots of questions about himself. That's a good episode. Um, but, uh, I, and I'm working to get him back on the show just because I got to hear about this latest adventure of his. Um, thank you so much to my Patreon supporters. Um, if you'd like to drop a dollar or five or 10 or 20 in the hat, it would be so much appreciated. I am on Patreon. It's, uh, patreon.com slash do big things. And, um, I occasionally drop some exclusive content on Patreon or just awkwardly drop in from time to time and say, thank you to all my supporters. Um, I'm still not exactly sure what to do with Patreon. Um, I guess there is a couple of bonus episodes on there and I've got a couple more I could probably add. Um, but that is how you support this show. If you want to drop a dollar in the hat, please. Uh, Patreon is the way to do it. It's easy. It's just another app on your phone. And uh, that is the way to support uh, artists, I guess, these days. Um, so that would mean a lot. And thank you to our sponsors as well. Athletic Brewing, non-alcoholic beer that is craft beer and does not taste like your grandfather's O'Doul's. This is quality, quality N.A. beer. And you don't have to feel bad about drinking it. You can have a couple at night and you're not going to be hungover in the morning. You can have a couple after your trail run and you don't have to worry about how you're going to drive home. Um, this stuff is fantastic. I've been drinking it for a while and absolutely love it. Exoskin, they make uh, the best outdoor apparel in the world, in my opinion. Um, fantastic shorts. I just wore them the other day. Their underwear is fantastic. Tremendous. Um, shirts, compression, socks, uh, all their stuff off the chain. Check them out. Um, use our discount code. Tell them I sent you. Bigger than the trail. Um, check them out. You are you just may be eligible for three free months of therapy. Um, bigger than the trail.com. And who else? Alter Eagle Running. Um, you need a running hat that actually looks cool while you're just bumming around town as well. Check out Alter Eagle Running. I wear these hats all the time. Uh, great running hat, super breathable. I wear them like stand up paddle boarding. I can get in the water. It's just not, it's not going to ruin the hat. They're breathable and I can wear them when I'm just cruising around town running errands too, because they look cool. So thank you to our sponsors and supporters. I couldn't do this without you guys. Um, what else? I don't know. Hopefully you're out for a run and some looking at some beautiful views right now. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to this show. Um, you can check out our website, big-things-crewing.com. If you're in the market for a pacer or crew for any of your ultra marathons, or you're looking for a coach, we got your back. Um, I started that company in 2019 and this podcast is just a little spinoff. And, um, I am very, very passionate about both things, but, Overall, um, Big Things Crewing is, is who we are. It's what we do. Uh, we like to help ultramarathon runners. We like to get asses across finish lines. That's our goal. Um, so check it out, big-things-crewing.com. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope you guys have a great week. I will see you guys soon. Life is short. 
Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run, homeboy.